0: That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game.
2: Hello and welcome to the Rustic Wheel Gaming Podcast. I am your host and GM this week, Ben Meredith. And with me today, I have. Ben Meredith. Ben Meredith.
1: Ben Meredith.
3: And Ben Meredith.
2: And who are you playing?
3: Chris at Amsterdam.
2: Zoya. Jovar Stornasson. And Zolf Smith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who's yes. been smoking for ages and has gone north. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know where. It's more than
4: Zolf. We love it.
1: <laughs> I can't do Somerset. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is Zolf met in a in a Grimsby pub. Uh, Thirty years after the campaign has ended.
2: As long as it's as long as it's regional. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be. It's going to be all over the place. I can't do so. <laughs> but as as you may have guessed. This is the fabled and much asked for BenQuest, but not as you might have imagined it, because, yes, us at the Rusty Quill don't want to give you anything truly nice. We have
3: a very core company principle. Give people what they think they want in a way they won't enjoy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The monkey's paw, its finger, it curls. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully you will enjoy this. But yeah, so this week uh, we are going to be playing the Root RPG by Magpie Games. As of recording, they've successfully funded a Kickstarter, but it's not out yet. So I am using the pay what you want quick start rules, which you can get from their website or DriveThruRPG. It's pretty comprehensive. I'm running a recorded game off of it. So it's, you know, there's there's a lot you need there, but it looks like they're going to be adding a lot a lot of stuff in the actual release. But it's a Power by the Apocalypse game. And also, as you may have noticed, oh, this isn't going to be set in the RQG universe. And the answer is no, I'm not getting involved because then we'd have to come up with like justifications for why they're all here. And it's just too complicated. So I've decided to ignore the problem. Stop yeah.
3: thinking about it. You're thinking about it. Don't think about it.
2: It's an AU. It is. It is an AU. It's a piece of... We are writing our own AU fanfic, <laughs> which is... Woodlands edition. Right, (laughs) so... The Root RPG is set in a universe... It's based off the board game, but it's set in a universe where the uh, the world we play in is the woodland, and there are a number of clearings within that woodland. There's a lot of interesting rules in the back for creating your own woodland and the ongoing campaign of war between the Marquisate, which are a bunch of cats, and the eerie dynasties, who are a bunch of birds. But we're not going to really be worrying about any of that because it's a one-shot, so just do what we want. Whee! Yay. <laughs> so, the way... That I want to start this is mildly in media res, and I'm going to give you an opening situation and just allow you to flow from there. So what has just happened is you stumble out of the woodland on the borders of the forest pass into the clearing of Thornwall. So Thornwall is a clearing which is mainly controlled by rabbits, who are the dominant species in this clearing. There is a significant fox population, who is kind of the, the second most dominant species, and as well as, you know, just various individuals of various species. You know, there is always, you know, um, people immigrating and moving around the woodland. You are playing as vagabonds. Um, so specifically, <laughs> most denizens will stay in their clearing because it's the safe places. The woodland itself is very dangerous. You know, it's, it's large and thick. Uh, what I'm saying is it's, it's a himbo of a landscape. <laughs> but but it's just very dangerous the the woodland itself is very dangerous you are supposed to stick to the path and the clearings are the places where people live and so they are very important which is why the Erie Dynasties and the Mark which again we're not worrying about but I want to kind of introduce the world of Root as well because it's a cool setting that I, I like quite a lot are warring over you, for are yeah, as I said, vagabonds. You live outside this kind of social structure. Um, you move. You are very itinerant. You move from place to place, taking jobs where you will. The sort of title of vagabond does not express a morality. Um, you know, you can be horrible mercenaries, bandits, or vigilantes—people who fight for justice throughout. It just means you have no f- sort of fixed clearing, okay, fixed you, home.
3: I'm a peripatetic headache.
2: Yes. Uh, because this is very much the animals of farthing wood, right? All bought a ship down. Oh or, no, you know, it's, it's... going to be
3: really
1: sad. Mm. We're all going to die because of climate. Oh, well, I guess that's... Anyway, uh, yeah. what does peripatetic oh. mean?
3: Uh, Travelling from place to place, especially in a working capacity. It's my job to go to places and be a headache for people, then move on. Got it. Shooting them in the knees
2: as I go. <laughs> so an important aspect of this is that we do not have a tiefling, an orc, a goblin and a dwarf, because these are the versions of the characters as they would exist in this universe. It also means this is a setting without magic. So, you know, don't expect wild barbarians or clerics or paladins, because obviously Telvar's whole thing was luck, which is not magic. But again, they don't have luck. Well, they do actually have kind luck. Luck is so literally actually- a stat on this sheet. <laughs> Telvar is probably the, the most accurate... But yeah, what I'm hearing is that Leon Hans is now right out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, don't don't expect any of the healing or anything like that. It's just, you know, we've taken the characters and the personalities and transplanted them into the closest equivalents that we could. So you stumble out of the woodlands. You've just done a job. Mm. I'm not going to dictate the nature of this job because we can kind of find out what kind of vagabonds you are through play. But your pockets are heavy with gold, but not as much gold as you might have wanted. You were waylaid, something went wrong, and you had to escape into the deep woodlands. You have made it out, you are relatively safe, but you're very much in need of rest and recuperation and shelter. And Thornwall might just give that to you. So... As you burst out of the woodland into the clearing, you're right on the outskirts, you're sort of in the areas where there are, you know, the felled trees where they've started to expand the clearing. And you can see ahead of you, given this is a rabbit, mainly rabbit clearing, there are a lot of warrens, which are semi-underground settlements. I'm thinking sort of hobbit holes so they're Aww. like houses but they're built into the sides of, of of tree roots and stuff like that so this clearing itself there are a couple of large trees which have been saved and the clearings themselves are quite large this is a town with probably about a thousand people which is you know it, it's a decent sized settlement this actually the scale of this civilization is not massively clear but you know if we're doing animals of farthing wood it's very pastoral it's very you know like small small rural kind of stuff but you have these networks of warrens, and then amongst them are these large sort of brick factories which are belching out smoke, which will be the work of probably the foxes. It says in the rule book that these um, each species kind of has certain sort of cultural touchstones, and, you know, there are professions which are passed down through family lineages. So it's absolutely not a case of, like, oh, every rabbit does X or Y or, ev-, you know, every whatever. It's just... But there are certain, like... Um, predispositions, um, especially due to the differing physiologies of these species, like for example, birds can fly that's quite handy and they tend to live in trees, you know so the rabbits tend to be broadly bakers and bankers they are good at administration or, or they, they they tend towards that kind of thing. And the foxes tend towards metalwork, which is where these factories are from. Um, it's very much not a Princess Mononoke style of like, oh, no, industry's overtaken the peaceful forest. Although that is, to a certain extent, a theme in this game. This clearing itself seems quite well managed. You know, there is a good balance of industry to, you know, care. It seems like a reasonably sustainable place. What I mean is from your character eyes as you burst through it's not like oh oh somebody's really screwed this place up it's like no this is this seems about reasonable <laughs> so yeah do you have any other questions or do you just want to head into town to try and find somewhere to sleep
1: no i think i'm good i think we're okay
3: yeah.
5: oh friends we have made it to safety this is a, such a relief there must be an inn or something similar Nearby where we can rest.
3: We should immediately hit up a baker. They get like amazing rolls here. Really good. Delicious.
1: Right. Should we, uh, should we split up then? I can, you can go to a baker and I'll go look, I'll go look for an inn or something.
5: I'm sure an inn would offer food as well as shelter.
3: Yeah, but you know what Grizzop's like. Well, why don't we just go to the nearest one, immediately go to that one, and then we'll see what happens there.
4: I mean, I just think that there's a bit more to consider than dashing up and taking the first thing on offer. Well, yes, I know. If we'd done what I said, then we would still have those relics. We wouldn't have sold them off to the first buyer, and we wouldn't be in this mess.
3: But because we sold the relics, we've got the gold, so now we can go to the nearest inn. Yes. Right, I'm off to the pub. Zolf the Badger
1: begins to walk away from his... Oh, what a good
2: thing that I should have asked you to do. Could you please describe your characters? (laughs) Uh, Helen, you go first, since you're the one who actually remembered this really critical piece of information that we should establish about the campaign.
1: Okay, so we're in in a world where everybody is woodland animals and Zolf is a badger and a... Arbiter, which is a powerful, obstinate vagabond, somewhere between a mercenary and a protector. You haven't circled any of the looks on the sheet, so I'm going to go with man, scarred, repaired clothes, brusque demeanour.
2: Yeah, that all scans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is one thing. Um, obviously, the, the look is there as guidelines, but again, because you're, you're playing characters who are like previously established, feel free to just completely riff on, on whatever you want. But yeah, do you want to very actually quickly go through the moves that I've given Zolf?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are interesting.
2: This is PBTA, so uh, I probably should actually have described the moves in general. But let's do this and then I'll <laughs> continue to do my job. This is going very well. Good job, Ben.
1: It's No, you're doing <laughs> it's great. Lovely. Don't you dare. <laughs> right. So first off, you have to choose your nature. And Zolf the Badger's nature is defender, which means that when I defend someone who cannot defend themselves from a threat, I get to wipe out exhaustion. I have four exhaustions. I have drives of justice and honor. And my moves are that I'm hardy, which means I can take an additional injury and then heal automatically whenever time passes or we go on a journey. I have weapon master, which means I can improvise a weapon. Like If I pick something up and intend to hit someone with it, then I get to say this is the range of it and I get to give it one additional tag. So if I pick up a piece of wood with a nail in it, I'm saying this is short-ranged and piercing, perhaps.
2: Yeah, and i made those decisions because Zolf has loads of hit points and has a habit of losing his equipment. <laughs> it does.
1: The other one, the major one really, is Guardian, which is when you defend someone or something from an immediate threat, roll with Might, on a hit, I keep them safe and choose one of the options. On a seven to nine, then I expose myself to danger, escalate the situation in addition. Good stuff.
2: Actually, it's, it's a good point. I should probably very quickly go over the, the systemic elements of this for the audience and also for you guys. But uh, you'll have noticed on the top uh, right-hand corner of the sort of business side of the uh, character sheet, you have three tracks of injury, exhaustion and decay. Um, these are all types of harm that I can inflict on you. Uh, so the PBTA, just concept of harm, which is a bad thing occurring to the character. Um, injury is physical harm exhaustion is your you know will to go on and just basically i mean it's exhaustion right it's you're not necessarily hurt but you are very tired to the point where you may not be able to act anymore and decay is your equipment because you are vagabonds it's something that you have to care about and because you might be you know adventuring into the woodlands if something breaks this can be a big deal the other things are yes the five stats that you have available to you is charm cunning finesse luck and might I think those are broadly self explanatory for what they do. There's nothing surprising in the descriptions of what they cover. And uh, just for the audience, um, Helen, can you go over what is Zolf's highest and lowest stat?
1: Zolf's highest stat is might and his lowest stat is luck, which does scan,
2: yes. Yeah. I considered fiddling around and making it charm, but I thought bad luck was probably just, uh, <laughs> you know, a little better. Who would like to go next? Uh,
4: so uh, Chilvar is a thief, uh, which I think is appropriate because, you know, archaeologists uh, are, you know, so named only because they have official papers.
2: <laughs> the, the privateers of digging things up.
4: Yes, yes. So <laughs> as a thief, they're a raccoon. I think that, that works pointy ears their look is man too that's what a man sounds like (laughs) and they are they're somewhere between inconspicuous and flamboyant you know like the the cape over the the big black cape over the shoulder is cut well but it blends into the shadow
3: flamscipuous or incombloyant
4: incombloyant
3: incombloyant understood (laughs)
4: absolutely the, the cloak swishes very nicely and then it, and then it becomes a shadow their demeanour is friendly they're friendly because you might fund their next exhibition um, <laughs> their highest stat is finesse and their lowest run is might so I will not be punching anyone their nature is kleptomaniac clear your exhaustion track when you selfishly steal something valuable or important oh they love it
2: I definitely, really putting the boot in an archaeologist when I was building this. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, they're not really rebellious. That doesn't work, does it? They just like clipped like, yeah, no,
2: that belongs in the museum yeah. <laughs> that belongs in my museum.
4: And the mu- yeah, the museum is my backpack.
2: <laughs>
4: Their drives are ambition, so I advance whenever my reputation increases, and thrills. So they, they just love thrills
2: yeah as as a quick thing actually, with those ones, those cover your advances. Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably not going to be using them just because it's a one shot, uh, but they you know they're useful for like the whole. Cool,
4: one thing I don't understand, I've got my weapon skills, and it says I've got yes. tricks shot, but my equipment doesn't have a weapon markdown. Do I have a weapon?
2: Oh no, you've got a dagger or a staff, yeah
4: okay. Okay. Oh, so is that? So I don't need to tick it. That's just what I have. I have ah, a dagger. Yes. Oh, no, sorry.
2: Right. So the equipment um, that is, you can you can take damage to equipment instead of taking decay.
4: Oh, okay. Ooh. Cool. I get it. And
2: when it. a when a, an equipment has a is fully ticked off, it it breaks and you have right. to get it repaired.
4: So my chainmail has three boxes, and I could, for instance, take those rather than injury if I was being uh,
2: hit by stuff yes
4: cool i get it i get it um my moves are breaking and entering which i think is self explanatory also master thief which is uh pretty self-explanatory and rope dope which is not self-explanatory so I, when i evade my enemy i roll with finesse which is good and i i, I make them exhausted mm-hmm. so yes i can tire an enemy out by wiggling Wiggling.
0: <laughs> that's my that's preferred
4: my
3: combat tactic. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle wiggle wiggle, go away. wiggle, 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 wiggle,
4: I'm wiggling with style. Oh,
3: no, um, that's not how I do it at all. All right, yeah, that's
4: cool. So that's, that's what Chelva does, wiggles with style in a black
3: cape.
2: Good stuff. Um One thing I am actually going to say, mm-hmm. uh, Lydia, is that I think we should swap the staff out mm-hmm. for a bow. Because cool, yep. That's kind of was Te'alva's signature weapon, and I yeah. neglected to do that. That's cool. So, its range is far, and its special move is trick shot.
4: Cool, got it. Yeah.
2: And lose the blunted quality because it definitely deals harm, not exhaustion, or injury, not exhaustion.
5: Okay. Cool. Alex or Bryn? So, I am playing Zoya. We have decided that Zoya is uh, allowed to be a wolf, uh, which is not commonly part of the uh, species of creature allowed in this game. But much like uh, Zoya was a lone tiefling in a world mostly without them, we've decided to make a little special exception. And much like Zoya's tiefling nature in the previous universe, the wolf has streaks of unnaturally red fur running through their normal fur and stands out as something pretty unusual zoya is obviously a she and is large not large for a wolf but just large compared to the other characters and sort of repaired old clothes but the demeanor is quite honest zoya is also an arbiter the same as zolf but instead of being the defender uh, nature of arbiter She is the Punisher nature of Arbiter, which means she clears exhaustion when she punishes a villain for their grievous wrongdoing. Her drives are justice and honour, and her moves are Brute, which simply increases her Might, and Might is uh, plus three, her best skill, uh, Luck minus one being her worst. Other moves are Carry a Big Stick, meaning she can um, basically threaten other characters to cease arguing or to stop fighting. And crash and smash, meaning she can break through environmental problems in order to reach uh, a place she needs to. Uh, she's
2: also equipped with a great sword and plate armour. Good stuff. Oh, and that's one thing, Helen. Obviously, with because you're also an arbiter, you have a great sword. It's a glaive.
1: Okay, just,
2: good. It's same stat line, Excellent. but it's a glaive. Glaives are it's a great sword.
4: It's, it's just a fantastic <laughs> sword. <laughs> oh, it's
2: lovely. Good stuff. Wonderful. <laughs> and Alex?
3: Uh, Grisopdrick at Amsterdam. Extremely angry weasel. Also ranger. Uh,
2: just very quickly, I'm going to need you to say... Grisopdrick act Amsterdam in that voice because both times you said Angsterdam?
3: So this is not the core story. So I am from Angsterdam. It is actually <laughs> okay, a that's dam a different upon the that's river that, that is okay, known yeah. for a particularly sad beaver. Uh, I am from Angsterdam. <laughs> 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 That's oh, no. absolutely
2: unacceptable. You'll notice
3: that I am uncharming, which sounds about right to Alex. Uh, I am <laughs> very cunning. <clears throat> uh, I am full of finesse, which mostly translates to causing trouble. My nature is loner in that I clear my exhaustion whenever I enter a dangerous situation alone without backup or assistance in a way that... Begrudges Ben GMing. Uh, that's definitely written there specifically. Uh, my drives are freedom in that I advance whenever I free a group of denizens from f- oppression. Fair enough. Revenge, name your foe, Ben. You advance when you cause significant <laughs> harm to them or their interests. My weapon skills are Harry. Uh, my moves are forager. Whenever I travel to or pass into a forest, you can clear one box of decay by foraging for supplies. Darken Blade, if my target's unaware of my position, unlikely because I don't intend to shut up. You may murder with weapons, Harry <laughs> For close range instead of your intimate range. Anonymous, uh, you can Very quickly. Into-
2: murder is a specific special move that you can do. Of course in it this is. Game. It's called shoot your so
3: ease off in my mind.
2: That okay, that one very explicitly didn't murder that man. I don't know what you're talking about. That man was not murdered. I don't
3: even know what a man is. I mostly spend my time with forest animals, Benjamin.
2: <laughs> it's not my name. Ben, you've literally his
3: allowed Alex to be a goblin. Like I know. I know. Uh,
2: finally, no, 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 no I... actually, no, no. You, you all allowed Alex to be a goblin because no one else took his <laughs> off. All like, right, just so, hurrying things you know. along.
3: You see, just hurrying things along. We've got uh, Dirty Fighter. <laughs> I take two of the following weapon skills: murder, also known as shoot your knees off, and vicious strike, also known as shoot your knees off. And I'll be doing that with either my longsword, where I'll shoot your knees off with my
2: longsword, my long bow, or chain armor. Thank you. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Lid. Yep, Longbow actually has a, an established thing. So, yep. sorry for your Longbow. You have four boxes. Right. The range is far and the special move is harry. In fact, I'm going to very quickly go through the moves as well and then we'll take a break, okay. I think. <laughs> we'll have done like the intro <laughs> setup. Um right, so notes on basic moves. So these are the, the general things that you can do. So you can persuade an NPC. Uh so when you want to persuade an NPC with promises or threats, roll charm on a 10 plus, they see things your way provided you Provide them with a strong motive or reasonable bribe because people still need to, you know, get things to be convinced. It's not magic. Uh, on a seven to nine, they aren't sure, and the GM will tell you what you need to sway them. You could figure something out uh, when you try and figure something out. Roll with charm on a ten plus, hold three. On a seven to nine, hold one. Hold in PBTA means that you basically have these floating points that you can then spend in the future on stuff. Uh, it's usually defined in the move, which it is now, and that is while interacting with them, spend your hold one for one to ask their player a question. Uh, is your character telling the truth? What is your character really feeling? What does your character intend to do? What does your character wish I'd do? Or how can I get your character to X? You can trick an NPC. Uh, when you do this, roll with cunning. On a 10+, plus, they take the bait and do what you want. On a 7-9, to nine, they can instead choose one. They hesitate, and you sh- but you shake their confidence or weaken their morale. They stumble, you gain a critical opportunity, or they overreact, take plus one forward against them. What was that move one more time, sorry? Trick an NPC. Thank you. Oh dear. Um, But a forward means that when you roll to act within the situation that the forward is on, you get plus one to your dice pool. Uh, You can read a tense situation. When you read a tense situation, roll with cunning. On a seven to nine, ask one. On a ten plus, ask three. And take plus one forward when acting on the answers. Uh, What is my best way out, in or through? Who or what is the biggest threat? Who or what is most vulnerable to me? What should I be on the lookout for or who is in control here? Uh, you could attempt roguish feats. When you attempt roguish feats to steal something, secure, sneak somewhere, or otherwise slip past security or notice, roll with finesse. On a 10+, plus, you pick one. On a 7-9, to nine, you pick two. You don't have a clear path of escape. You use up some resources in the attempt, mark decay, or you leave evidence of your roguery behind. So this is one of those moves where <gasps> you do the thing you want to do and then fewer bad side mm-hmm. effects occur, the better you do, which is why you only pick one on a 10+, and you pick two on a 7-9. to nine. You can trust fate. Uh, So you roll with luck. On a hit, you scrape by and the GM will tell you what it costs you. On a 10 plus, fortune favours the bold. Your panache earns you an easy escape or fleeting opportunity. You can wreck something. When you want to do that, roll with might. On a hit, you seriously break it and it can't be used again until it's repaired. On a 7 to 9, you're imprecise and dangerous. You cause collateral damage, attract attention or end up in a bad spot, which is my choice. Or you can help or interfere. When you help or interfere with another Vagabond, mark Exhaustion to add plus one or minus two to their roll after rolling. So you can do this to somebody you like or somebody you don't like to influence their roll. Mark Exhaustion again to select one of the following. You can seal your aid or interference, or you create an opportunity or obstacle. Yeah, and then we have Weapon Moves, which I'm not going to go into straight away but since we've gone through the special moves i'm just going to very quickly say you know you've got the special to blind an opponent so on a 10 plus you um, they have to take some time to clean out their eyes before they can see clearly again or on a seven to nine you have just a few moments you can cleave so on a hit smash through the defense and equipment inflicting three decay on a seven to nine you overextend uh, your weapon or yourself and you mark decay or end up in a bad spot your choice this is going to be relevant for i assume zoya the special of disarm uh, on a hit, uh, they have to mark two exhaustion or drop their weapon. On a 10+, plus, they have to mark three exhaustion instead of two. To harry a group, you roll with cunning. On a 10+, plus, you get both of these effects. On a 7-9, to nine, choose one. They suffer morale harm, uh, which is a special NPC kind of harm, which is just a generic, like, I'm not important to have three tracks kind of harm. Or they are pinned or blocked. So that is what Grizzop can do with the longbow and Telvar. Bow-based weapons. I liked them. It's almost like I played Telvar and then built Grizzot based on Jill-va! the experience of playing Telvar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, special event prize Weapon. On a hit, you, can ma- you roll with Cunning, and on a hit, you make a weapon. Uh, and I'll give you some stats. The uh, special Murder. When you try to murder Shit, a, a, Yeah, murder a vulnerable NPC at intimate range, roll with Cunning. On a hit, your foe just dies. Mm-hmm. On a 10+, plus, you remain hidden or clear a path for your allies. Your choice. I'm going to stop going through these so detailed. But you can parry, which is pretty obvious. Quick shot, you get to snapshot. Trick shot, you can take advantage of the environment to give you a benefit. Or vicious strike, so they suffer serious harm, basically. It's just much more than your normal eye attack. And on that note of me speeding through a bunch of moves, uh, which I'm sure is very interesting. Uh, But hopefully hopefully people are now a little bit more clear on what they are able to do and the audience is a little bit clear on what we're able to do. We're going to take a break
0: there. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.
1: Today, I'm here to tell you about Malevolent, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Malevolent is a weekly horror fiction podcast filled with dark, noir, eldritch horror. Arkham private investigator Arthur Lester wakes up with no memory of who he is or what has happened, only a nameless, eerie voice guiding him through the darkness. Blind, terrified, and confused, his journey will lead him towards a series of mysteries in the hopes of understanding the truth Of what has transpired. As cosmic horrors seep into the world, Arthur must ask himself whether this entity truly seeks to help him, or are its intentions more malevolent. Search for Malevolent wherever you listen to your podcasts, or visit www.rustyquill.com or www.malevolent.ca for more information. Have fun and see you later.
2: And welcome back. So, Everybody froze in time while we established what they looked like and what they could do in this world. And we're going to unfreeze as the group heads off to, I think, find a bakery slash pub. I'm pretty certain we were doing my thing, because that's how I grizzop
3: rolls. That's very unfair.
5: It sounded to me like three of us were finding an inn and one of us was going off alone to find a bakery. Yeah. Okay. Since we,
4: we now know that you are mechanically advantaged if you go off on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine
3: with this.
2: Ah, oh, I curse this problem for myself. I am I am the clown in this situation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Goodbye
2: forever. Okay.
3: Source of the Badger's
1: Hill right now is to find a pub, so he's going to go and plant himself on that when he finds it. So if you're following, that's great. Yeah.
4: I just want to say that that pub over there has much more interesting carvings and, I think, historical interest which I think usually translates to a better meal and bed. Uh, it's just if you look at the decorations, it's
2: cool. So So we'll we we will get to Grizzop, but the pub that Tselvar is pointing out is um built into The the root mound of a massive sort of twisted birch tree, and appropriately enough, the pub itself is called the Twisted Birch. Um, It does look genuinely quite nice, and as they'd established the kind of carvings, there appears to be sort of what are they called? dioramas.
0: Mm. Ooh. But
2: in art, there's another vignette, right? A frieze? Mm. Yeah. Free- yeah. I you know. think he's a it's, freeze. Freeze. it's a frieze. No, okay, yeah, different <laughs> friezes of what appear to be sort of different generations of the same family.
4: Aww.
2: Mm. Sort of carved up and down. Effectively, it's a carven history of that pub. What kind of family is it? Rabbit.
4: Uh, Aww. Well, what okay. you'll note here in these friezes is that you can't nick them because they're actually stuck into the wood. <laughs> it's a very interesting technique that I've never had an opportunity to examine close up.
5: I agree with Chelva. It looks like an interesting pub and clearly there's a lot of history to it. It would be nice to learn about some of it. Let's go.
1: Right, well, in we go. Cool. Solves the badger, marches up to the pub door and opens it and goes inside.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As you stride, I was going to say confidently, but more just like grumpily, into the pub, you are greeted by a lovely sort of uh, warmth rolls out towards you. There's a soft orange light. This is built into the earth. So it's, it's like it's very warm and cozy to the point where it could almost be cloying if you had to stay here for too long. Like it's you've gone for a walk in the Peak District and you found an old stone pub and this is the vibe that it gives off. That's a very universal experience that I'm sure everybody <laughs> listening will understand. Yeah,
4: no, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah,
2: yeah. And at that point, I think we'll quickly scoot over to Grizzop the Weasel. <laughs> what, are you, what is Grizzop up to?
3: Grizzop is going to the nearest bakery to get bakery things.
2: Okay, yeah, so... Again, this is a, a, a rabbit-dominated clearing. So there are an awful lot of food stalls, like either established in Warrens or stalls that are set out. There, This is a thriving market town um, with a reasonably sized trading post as well. So if you want good pastries, you're definitely in the right place for it. Now, as you stride in, people are giving you weird looks. This is not something that you like is surprising to you as vagabonds mm-hmm. you are vaguely mistrusted because again like this like the whole society of the woodland is very much about staying put where it's safe and, and putting down roots yep. and you are people who have refused to do that which is always a little bit you know concerning because they don't know what your deal is so you get some funny looks and you very quickly find yourself in a bustling market there are so many food stalls in front of you what kind of thing What's is the nearest food stall the nearest food stall is selling a variety of vegetarian pies. I want your best vegetarian pie, please. Uh Yes, that'll be two gold, please. Great. The rabbit behind the counter is kind of like giving you a look that is saying, I want you to produce this before I give anything to you. Like, prove (laughs) you're good for it. (laughs) They're not outright saying it, but... Do
3: we have a problem here? I'm pretty certain my money's as good as anyone else's money here, right?
2: The stall owner kind of puts down the pie that they had in their hands, sighs and goes... Yes, but I don't know you, and that means I don't trust you. All I want to know is that when I hand this pie over to you, you're not going to scarper.
3: I've never scarpered anywhere in my life. I scoot. I uh, dump my money on the counter and go, but I hope this is a lesson in judging people before you know them. Thank you very much. Honestly, you need to realise that there is more to people than just your first impressions
2: uh the the stall owner is just has a completely perplexed and like overwhelmed look of just like this is a far more this is a much more intense interaction than I expected <laughs> that exactly is what i was going for yeah,
3: yeah. yeah that's good.
2: and I'm not saying you're wrong
3: I'm gonna take my pie now and I'm gonna leave but I want you to know that you're lucky I didn't murder you for not trusting me
2: and then just <laughs>
4: Goodness me!
3: <laughs> oh no! You gave me up. I'm real
2: sorry, but ben you gave me i Ben, quickly rewriting
4: the plot to be okay. And how are you driven out of town? <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, I just quickly, quickly rewrite some stuff. Yeah, as as you leave, you're like the 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 rabbit is talking to a, a mouse who is helping them out, being like, What on earth you- <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was
3: that? <laughs> Grisop's immediately now going to go rejoin the rest of the group because he's got
2: his pie. Mm-hmm. Where's the rest of the group? don't know. In the pub. Oh, I know where the rest of the group is. It's fine. But...
3: I'll just check every pub.
2: <laughs> fine. Uh-oh. Fine. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> what are... We're flicking back to... Wise. <laughs> the collective... Yep. ...step into the pub.
4: Ooh. What
2: is your... There's very much... There's a little bit of the whole, uh, you know, Western tavern... You walk in, everyone stops and looks at you.
0: <laughs>
4: Hello, we are looking for beds for this night and potentially others. Uh, do you have any beds?
5: We would much appreciate a meal as well if we can purchase such a thing.
2: Yeah, and there is this uh, a large, quite rotund white rabbit behind the bar uh, mm-hmm. and she sort of leans forward and goes, oh yeah, no, I can, I can help you out with some of that. Welcome to a Twisted Birch. Hello! This is a fine and beautiful establishment.
4: Beautiful history freezes. Oh,
2: right. All right, then, how much? How much? Oh, well, it's, um, you know, five gold a night for each of you. And very quickly, I, I don't know what the economy is like in this game. That is a perfectly reasonable ask for. A I was going to
3: say, what a good and/or terrible deal. Yeah, people are aware
2: of like how it works, but I'll be like, this is an exorbitant fee. You could buy an army for that. But I don't know. That's yeah. what five gold is in my version of root.
4: <laughs> that sounds like a reasonable price, reflecting the local economy. Well done, and thank Absolutely. you.
2: Absolutely. Now we are well known for our very good value sort of stuff. Uh, of course, that's going to be room and board. Are you going to want to eat now, or are you want to get going to get to your rooms um, and freshen up a bit? And she'll give you a bit of a look because you do all look like pretty dirty and beat up because you've been like running through the woodlands. I I would certainly appreciate the chance to freshen up before
5: a meal. Uh, what do you think? Sure. Well, I I think you probably. Oh no, sorry, you weren't talking to me. <laughs>
4: Sure, let's freshen up. Yep,
5: yeah, whatever. Are you all right, Zolf? You seem displeased.
1: <laughs> That's just his face. I'm I'm not displeased. Got no real opinion.
5: Good, good.
2: <coughs> I am glad.
1: Let's just let's just get this over with. And we'll be on with the next thing. Zolf, is it? Yep.
2: Alright, no, I, I just I like to know the names of my customers. I'm Betty. You know, I'm proprietor of the, the Twisted Brooch.
1: Hello, Betty.
4: I am
2: Chelvar. Oh, what a lovely voice you have.
4: Thank uh, you. I got it from YouTube.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, right. I assume that's some kind of prestigious academy or something.
4: Kind of. (laughs) That's one way to put it.
5: (laughs) It is a pleasure to meet you, Bethia. My name is Zoya. We are also expecting our last friend mr grizzop uh to uh join us in the very near future i will give a brief physical description of grizzop so if if he comes in and we are in a room or in the uh bathing chamber then please let him know that we are here he, here is uh the money for both myself and uh him
1: zolf interrupts and he's like look you'll 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 know him when you see him there's no you you'll, can't miss grizzop just put it Right, like that. very
2: good. All right, yeah, no, fair enough. Well, thanks very much. If you go and, uh, you know, have a chat to my daughter, she's just round the back chopping some wood, um, she'll be able to show you to your rooms. Obviously, I can't leave the bar because, yes, you of know, course. people need drinks. Anyway, yeah, uh, I- enjoy your stay, and uh, what do you want, about an hour before I get your food ready? That sounds ideal. Yes, yes.
4: wonderful. All
2: right, and you e- eating down here or in your rooms?
4: Down here. It's lovely to absorb the atmosphere, don't you think? my friends y- yes I slipped I... away from Matt Berry I'm, I'm now into announcer uh. <laughs> <There's
2: a difference. laughs> just do whatever Liz. it's
4: fine it's, I'm voice it. was all
2: over the place it's all over the place let's go <laughs> I agree with Telva okay do you want to head out back Yeah. Okay. so yeah, you, you head out back and you find Betty's daughter who is also a rabbit chopping wood in the back she's a lot skinnier and a lot taller than her mother and when you appear, she sort of buries the axe in the chopping board and says, hey, uh, can I help? Yes, we've been sent
4: here to get clean and rooms.
2: (laughs) Uh, Right, well, I ain't going to be bathing you, but I assume my mum wants to... No, we know, we know. Ignore, yep. Just show us our rooms, please. Right, right, right. Uh, and she kind of walks you around. Uh, and the way this pub is built is that the sort of main room is the majority of the mound, and then out the back there are a number of, like, other little doors, almost like small apartments, which are each individual rooms. She kind of then hands you each a key, and you can each take one of the rooms. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Pleasure. Oh, do uh, they, they have en-suites?
4: There's not, there's not a bathhouse that we... Thought, oh. Cool. Fancy. Fancy pub I like yeah, it. Yeah,
2: sure. I mean, yeah, there is a I mean there is a tub and a discreet bucket.
4: Cool.
2: Because this is a well, this is an industrialising kind yeah. of place. I see. But it's not it's not fully industrial. So again, that's actually quite good. Better than the wilderness. Exactly, it's better than the woods. The rooms are warm, the rooms are pleasant. Actually, one thing that the daughter because uh, we didn't get a name, um, we'll provide you with some warm buckets of water to fill your bath with.
1: This pub is great.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, we pride ourselves on our service, so you know, good stuff. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your bath.
1: Zolf says nothing
2: and goes inside his room. <laughs> Charming.
1: See now you're being Zolf, Ben. <laughs>
2: I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs>
4: Chelvar catches the, the daughter bunny as they go off and, I'm like, actually, that's a great reaction from him. <laughs> <laughs> You've got our gratitude. Really? Oh, yes. It's been great fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I ain't judging you for the company you keep, but, uh, oof. What a barrel of
5: laughs, mm. And yeah? He is a valued companion, even if sometimes he, uh, Finds, I get it. finds things a little hard to cope with. Sure, sure.
2: Oh, uh, Isabella, by the way,
5: if you need anything, just just yell and I'll be able to
2: help you Thank out. you so much, Thank Isabella. You. Uh, I'm Zoya and this is uh, Tjelva. Oh, nice to meet you. Lovely. Yeah, and then you guys can just kind of get into your rooms, freshen yourselves up. If you had exhaustion decay, I'd be like, oh, you can get some of it back. But I didn't bother, so it's fine. (laughs) Slam cut to half an hour later, and Grizzop bursts through the door of the (laughs) Twisted Birch, which is the tenth pub that he's been to. (laughs) Good. That does feel very Grizzop. I approve of that. It's almost like I know how the characters work.
3: (laughs) Hello, have any weirdos been in here yet?
2: Uh... Grizzop, is it? <laughs> yes, hello. I have met your weirdos. Yes, no, they've got uh, rooms and, and they've paid for it. I've been here about half an hour.
3: Oh, fantastic.
2: Actually, I think. Oh, Isabella left me the key, and this is Betty, and she pops the key on the front. Uh, rooms are just round back. They're numbered. I think you've got number five. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah, oh, uh, they're going to be taking dinner in this room in about. Well, I think you've got about half an hour.
3: Half an hour? All right, yeah, that's like six baths. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Betty.
2: Yep. Oh, no, thank, thank you, Grissop. Uh, cheerio.
3: Grissop runs upstairs for a series of baths. Well, out out, back, out <laughs> back. Oh, out back, sorry. For a se- yeah, otherwise that's going to make a bit of a mess. Fair point, fair point.
2: <laughs> starts digging through the roof. <laughs> Uh there is just uh, you know, after five minutes after uh Grizzop heads out back to his room you hear banging crashing. Hey! Uh, from
3: yeah. <laughs> Oh, so.
0: <laughs>
2: so we'll we'll move on to you are all sat at your table. You're as fresh and as clean as you wanted to get yourselves. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. How how have you all brushed up? My
3: armor is especially shiny.
2: That that concludes my uh, my brushing up. So that was what the soap was for.
3: Chelvar has picked all of the brambles
4: that were in his fur and has brushed his fluffy raccoon tail to a gorgeous shine. Nice. Wheeled it, waxed it. I don't know what one does with a raccoon tail to <coughs> make it
5: fluffy and good. So I have fully <laughs> dunked into a warm tub of water several times and then shook off in the most extravagant and pleasurable way possible, and so is now looking extra fluffy. And she spent the rest of the time carefully making repairs to her clothing and equipment because it's important to look after. So it's not, like, polished, so it doesn't look great, but it will stand up to further wear and tear.
2: Good stuff.
1: Zolf had a long soak and re-platted... Wait, it's a badger...
2: <laughs> All right, badger can have a beard I just can
1: if you, you want a badger beard. have a beard. Yeah, repadded yeah. his little beard. Yeah. Yes. And he's clean and functional. That's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And you you have sat down to a delicious meal of vegetables and meat has been provided for the carnivals. This is, you know, that like one of the things is that. Although you have animals, there are also animals without, you know, human-level sentience, which, you know, we're not dealing with the ethical ramifications of (laughs) sentient animals. This is not Zootopia. Sounds
3: like one of those things where people have started thinking about it, Ben, and that's not the goal here. (laughs) The goal is
2: to mock you. (laughs) A a delicious meal of diet appropriate food <laughs> yeah and so this is a good chance for you to kind of plan your next move like around you there are you know there's a, a group of rabbits at the bar who've obviously just got off work because it's moving on to later evening there is a young pair a fox and a rabbit sort of ensconced in the corner kind of whispering quietly to one another in a very intense kind of conversation and yeah there's also uh, another badger who's sat back by the fire on their own, very much not paying attention to anybody else. And this is the kind of scene you're in. It is very warm, it is very cosy, it's quite friendly, but there's that nice burble of talk in in the pub. It's really nice here, eh?
4: Yes! Doesn't seem like the kind of place where there would be many quests. It's all very lovely. I'm sure that that's not just surface deep.
5: Yeah. There's always more to find just by exploring into the forest. We don't need a specific task as it were but obviously may behoove us to ask around and see if anyone needs tasks completed out in the forest oh
3: yes i mean that was a lovely half hour break but i'm ready to get back out there now yes (laughs) Mm.
5: i would appreciate a proper night's sleep in a real bed for once oh well to each their own
3: how about you head out this evening and we'll have a lovely nap.
5: I do think it would be better if we were to all stick
3: together. We work well as a team. Oh, it's fine. I'll just, you know, play solitaire. I
4: play solitaire? Do you mean cause a ruckus?
3: <laughs> I promise not yes. to try to cause a ruckus.
4: You don't need to try hard.
3: <laughs> Result, no ruckus causing. Fine. In that case, then, we may as well get our cards in now. Right. Angsterdam, damn, hold them. <sighs> mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. That is in and out of character. <laughs> yeah. That side. Grisop absolutely unless Ben de- denies it will break out a deck of cards to play with people while we're in the inn.
2: Oh no, you can entire Of course you can. I just don't appreciate Amsterdam Hold'em. But that's on Alex. <laughs> not on Grisop. Here's the thing is,
3: I'm always going to double down on any mistake you point out. So in a lot of ways just tell me uh-huh. I'm perfect and we'll all be grand.
2: <laughs> absolutely never. That's written on my soul. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Grizzop Grizzop busts out some cards. Are you are you playing amongst yourselves, or are you trying to get other other denizens involved?
4: Going to invite other people because how else would you win money off people?
2: Ah! If there's
3: one thing that Grizzop likes more than betting. It's apparently losing at gambling, and I still don't know why, but that is an established <laughs> Grizzop fact. Yeah, I think, I
4: think, I think he
3: played with,
4: He played games with Sasha for a long time and did not realise she was cheating, I think. Yep. I remember that. That was that was a good time. Everyone yeah. was happy back then. That's exactly
3: what I'm going for.
4: It's a shame you can't keep nice things.
2: Yeah, well, some people decided to go to Rome, even though it was a really bad idea. I don't very know.
4: silly, very silly. That hurts me. <laughs>
2: Zoya <laughs> <Ellen's face>. will <laughs> half-heartedly play
5: the card game, but she's not really paying much attention, and she's certainly too sensible to lose very much money on it, because she'd like to pay attention to the chatter going on, and if Isabella or Betty have a quiet moment, she might uh, steal a quick chat with either of
2: them. Good stuff. And... What's Zolf up to, Helen?
1: Mm. I'm having a think, because I can't just have him sulking all the time.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've done that for 200 episodes. <laughs>
1: <project>. <laughs> I think that um, Zolf is not playing, but he's keeping an eye on everyone who is to make sure that everyone is playing fair. Ooh. And he's specifically <laughs> keeping an eye on Grizzop to make, to make sure that Grizzop is not... Going to start fighting anybody anytime soon.
2: Good stuff.
1: Sort of doing a doing a bit of
2: a hover. Yeah.
4: That that motivation is what Telvar relies on in order to get away with cheating.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So it sounds like Telvar is attempting a roguish feat.
4: Hmm. Hmm. Well, I thought that would I need to persuade an NPC to join before I get to
2: oh. Very good point. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to require a move for that, but uh, you kind of do a whip round. You get a couple of the bunnies at the bar, okay. and the and the badger, um, the, the 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 bunny and the fox in in the corner are very much. Very much involved with one another. They're busy. Are they on a date? They're busy. Uh, you kind of get—I don't know—they're they're on a very conspiratorial date. Okay.
4: You're getting ooh, yeah, you're getting yeah, datish vibes, but they're not
2: obviously like you know gazing lovingly into one another's eyes. They're planning something, you know.
4: You know, we're vagabonds. We know that bonds are forged in high stress situations. If you if you wanna if you wanna nail someone down, if you wanna yeah. get that relationship moving, then what better to do than em- embark on a on a thievery quest? Really, that's yeah. that's how Telvar's got all their conquests. Look,
2: the dummy thick
3: thicket hides all sins. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, um, so for uh, Telvar, then I feel like mm-hmm. let's not bother with a move, move. Mm-hmm. But what are you, you're trying to trick people, right?
4: Yeah. I, over the course of the evening, I would not like this to be a, like dramatic. Telvar has piles yep. of money up, but you know he just he just wants to make sure that he's on the winning on the winning edge. Be 10 or so gold up by the end that'd
2: be nice good stuff so please roll with cunning right so for people who are unfamiliar with pbta um it usually runs off of your old 2d6 um on a 10 plus that's a like critical or absolute success or hit so it kind of goes off and it's as good as it could be a seven to nine is a hit with consequences and a six or lower is a failure which usually means that i as the gm get to narrate something going wrong
4: I have rolled a seven. Okay.
2: Fine. So, yeah, over the course of the evening, you do manage to accrue a reasonable amount of gold. As you say, it's within, you know, you're not being extravagant about this. Mm. One of the bunnies is like, ah, this isn't working for me, and leaves. So it's kind of lowering the potential pool. And by the end of the evening, the badger, you don't know if they know you're. Cheating as such, but they seem very displeased. Now that could just generally be they're annoyed with uh, losing money, mm-hmm. or it could be something else. You're not quite sure. It's
4: cool. Uh, I I I crushed the plot hook. I found the hook. I <laughs> saw the lovely shiny hook, and I went bam, 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 <laughs> bam, bam, bam,
3: bam.
2: Grizzop is yeah, just cheerfully being part of this, as you said. Like that, he's not trying to win money. He's just enjoying being about. He's mostly trying to make sure
3: that there's as many hands as possible.
2: Sure, sure very much being the uh, the justicar of time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Zolf sitting back, it seems to all be going reasonably pleasantly or as pleasantly as it could do with a group of vagabonds uh, in a new clearing. And for Zoya, you're trying to get some stuff, aren't you? Yeah, so as I said, half-heartedly playing the game, expecting to lose one or two
5: gold, probably but listening Mm -hmm. to the conversation and potentially trying to steal a chat with either
2: Isabella or Betty, if possible. Yeah, sure. I mean, Isabella is well up... No, sorry, Betty is well up for a chat, being, you know, the barman. That's kind of her job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just if it's busy, I don't want to sort of impose upon her if she's having to do huge amounts. No,
5: no, the pub is is full, but it's consistent. Yeah. So I'll chat a bit about the freeze and about maybe the history of the place, but, I mean, fundamentally, I'm kind of going to get... the message across that I think this clearing is very nice and pleasant and this is a lovely bar but it is, you know, our fate to be wanderers and whether she knows of anyone in town who might, you know, need something doing out in the forest.
2: Yeah, so Betty is... Um, Thornwall in and of itself is actually quite a stable clearing. There are concerns because... You know, after they managed to take control away from the Erie dynasties when they had their civil war and leadership crisis, mm. they've managed to stay independent, but now the Marquisite is closing in and the Erie dynasties kind of want what they want. So there's nothing going wrong in the clearing, but everyone's just... There's a, a ramp-up of tension because people know that it's going to break bad at some point and probably at some point soon, which means people are generally on edge. yeah, And they're also there seems to be a bit of a rift forming between the older generations and the newer generations because the older generations very much want to keep what they had and the newer generations are trying to forge something new. This is not a news story, yeah. <laughs> but because of the rising tensions in the air, it's starting, there are moments of boiling over, like family tensions, stuff like that. So she says that some people might want some help with that, but you know they don't have any big crises uh, that are on. Yeah, I'll just have a pleasant conversation then about the town and its history a bit alongside that too. Good stuff. All right. And on that note, as you spend quite an actual pleasant evening, Mm -hmm. given your own flavours of shenanigans in the Twisted Birch, (laughs) um, you head to bed and settle down, enjoying the fact that for once you're in a proper bed with a proper pillow, it's actually warm, and there isn't, as far as you know, the threat of being mauled by a bear in the night. (laughs) Bored and now. I think I'll end the episode there. It's yep. <laughs> oh, so nice.
5: Look how when Ben Shem, oh. he gives us nice things.
4: It's an yeah. anti cliffhanger. It's like <laughs> yeah. you've rolled to the bottom of a soft, warm, sandy slope.
2: Oh, I don't know. Helen played in the Monster of the Week game I ran, and we all know how that ended. Oh mm. As yeah. Did Alex. But you know, Alex didn't really engage with the plot. He just kind of <laughs> bounced around like a pinball, asking for burgers. I
3: roll? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone.
3: Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit rustyquill.com, rate and review us online, tweet
0: That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game.
3: us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord, or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. So keep your hands to yourself, Helen. That's that's what I'm saying. Just less less of the laying on hands.
1: Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being filthy, Helen. I'm being filthy. No. Don't mind me. Uh, no, I know, I know that confuses uh, me.
5: Zolf doesn't have lay-on hands, but but Grizzop does, Alex. So that was both an inaccurate and unhelpful Yeah. Joke. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Do you even know the rules to Pathfind, Alex? I'm just enjoying being described as inaccurate and unhelpful.
0: Am I put that on my epitaph. <laughs>